Welcome to the 35th episode of the Kickin' Post Podcasts. Podcasts? Podcasts. Yeah, you know how we get down. Yeah. You know, that vintage KD number. But figured we'd hop back in. I know, I know. It's been a minute since we've given you some fight analysis. Um, it's been a lot of NFL talk, a lot of fantasy football talk. What we started on was UFC analysis. But we're back to give you some fight talk. Had a great UFC 266 card about two weeks ago. Had the Alexander Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega fight on there. Uh, Valentina had a title defense against Lauren Murphy. Saw the return of Nick Diaz. Um, Curtis Blades got a fight in. You know, Jessica Andrade got a fight in. But I'd say a pretty solid card all around. Even had Dan Hooker, who, based on how loaded the card was, he ended up on the undercard. So, you know... Pretty interesting card in general. Uh, where you want to start at? Um, I love how you mentioned Dan Hooker uh, being left off the main card mm-hmm. because I definitely believe that he should have been on the main card. I think it's not him that brought it down; it's who he was fighting. Um, I can't pronounce his name. Nasrat. Try. Nasrat Hakparasit. <clears throat> that you know, I'm professional. So, like. Dan Hooker is clearly like a top top six fighter in uh, the lightweight division. He should be on every main card he fights. Any card, main card. Agree or disagree? I agree. Um, we don't have to get into the fight that it was. It was a. It went all three rounds. He won unanimously. Um, he's still cream of the crap when it comes to that division. But I'm more interested in the fight that was locked up for him. Not even three days after he completed that fight, he gets a huge test in a guy that we've been touting as a really good prospect. The prospect in that division, um, somebody we were hoping would get a good fighting partner to kind of boost his status as well, and it's an Islam Makachev. Um, they're slated to fight next. I don't know how soon that fight will be. Let me see if I could pull that up real quick, but how do you feel about that matchup for Dan Hooker? Um... I don't really like it. Uh, but I don't. Like <laughs> I don't. I don't think he likes it either. But you gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, just the mismatch of styles. Um, obviously, Makachev is uh, fights like Khabib. He's a wrestler, not as uh, talented as Khabib, but on his way, looks looked decent. Uh, he looked decent in his last fight. I forget against who. But he was fighting nobodies because nobody wants to fight this man. Yeah. Um, You're right. And I think a lot of times we go out there and we say, oh, yeah, no, nah, this just taught. But it's real. People were, nah, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. He, he's not the person you want to go up against. And Dan Hooker is fighting down in rank. Um, so it's definitely like he wasn't going to get another a better opportunity. Um, so you have to take who, who you get. This is uh, true. I think Makachev wins, probably by decision. Dan Hooker's a pretty tough guy. I mean, he got slept that one time, but by uh, whatever his name is. I think the turnaround is really fast. The fight is agreed to be on UFC 267, which is October 30th. So a really quick turnaround for Dan Hooker. It's in Abu Dhabi. So kind of a neutral site for the fight. Um... I personally believe that Jesus. it is a solid matchup for Islam and Dan Hooker. What happened? 
He's a plus 370. Against Islam? Yeah. I'm going to have to sprinkle money on Dan. I'm sorry. Plus 370? Crap. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's not that big of a gap. I understand Dan Hooker has 10 losses, but... Yeah, well, he's a journeyman yeah. at the end of the day, but... Plus 370? I think he has enough skill on, on feet to to make this a match. Plus 370 seems a little bit excessive, don't you think? I mean, it sounds like you think. Yeah, that's like super good value for someone who has like notable wins over Gilbert Burns, Dustin Poirier, or uh, you know, like he lost to Dustin Poirier, but it was a really good fight. Yeah. Uh, Poirier should have went out that fight. Uh, Paul Felder, uh, I mean, Ally Quinto, okay, but whatever. He has a good resume. And Islam, even though well-respected, and is seen as one of the better prospects coming out of this division going forward. I don't think his resume is as scattered with names that like Dan Hooker's is. Um, you you you're checking for me, right? I'm yeah, I'm pulling up uh, Makachev's fight list. Yeah, I figured because it's like you went mad quiet, but I figured you were just checking for me. Tiago Moises, Drew Dober was the fight that I was talking about. Yeah. Um. A lot of guys I never seen before. Um, obviously, a lot of undercard stuff. But. Yeah. So he has twenty fights, but it's part of the argument that was given for Khabib. Also, when he walked away, was yes, you have a thirty and zero, or is it thirty and zero or twenty nine and zero? Twenty nine and twenty nine and zero record. About what six title defenses or five? It's not. It's not a whole lot of title Five. defenses, right? Connor, Iaquinta. No, Iaquinta was for the title. Dustin. Uh, Gaethje. Gaethje. Wasn't Gaethje the last fight? Gaethje was the last one. I'm missing one in between that though. Yeah, but it was the same argument, uh, more or less, that they gave to a guy like Khabib. It's like, yes, you're 29, you know, but what was the 20? Who was the 20, right? And yeah, the talent showed, but he doesn't have like a list of notable names like, say, a John Jones has or like an Anderson Silva has, you know, even a Michael Bisping. Some of the some of the people that they fought, why their records have, are scattered with a loss here or there or in John's, John Jones' case, no loss, right? So you, the same thing can be made for a, a Makachev, but 20-1 is 20-1. That's why he's the favorite, but... For a guy like Dan Hooker, who's shown the ability to compete under the bright lights, play, not play, but fight some of the best in the world and show that he has he has what it takes to, to stay in that realm. You say journeyman, but I think he's still at the top of his powers and, and could fight his way into a lightweight fight for the belt at some point in a division that is a little bit reeling outside of that top four. Plus 370 just seems like two good odds to miss yeah uh, like just a little sprinkle on it you yeah know? i mean i'm not telling you i'm not telling anybody it's a lock by any means but plus 370 against a wrestler i'll i'd take i take my odds on on hooker put a little five on it put a little 10 on it you could get a, a nice you know little gas money off of that why not a little gas money. Yeah, if you hit. or you could just donate it to Vegas. Yeah, you could join when he gets absolutely when when he gets crucifixed on the ground and in the second round or first round while they're still dry. I think it's an, I think it's a great matchup for both guys. Um, you say that Dan Maybe. Hooker's fighting Very down, but the name, you know, that's the risk you're taking. It's like yeah, it's not 
the ranking isn't there, but the name would be big enough for him to be catapulted into the top three or four in that division, right? So he's he's making a good business move on his part. And for Islam, it's what he's been waiting for. So I think that would be a great fight on the 267 card for sure. Um, Jessica Andrade dominated her opponent as well. Um, she she kind of fits into like, so there's there's the, the, the S, S rank uh, women's fighters. You got, well, uh, obviously the, the two main ones being Shevchenko and uh, Nunes. Nunez, uh, she she fits right into that that A rank. Yeah. Um, for for women, probably around Wei Li, uh, Rose, Rose, right right in that rank. Maybe a little bit less than them. Yeah. But uh, she is like not good enough, but right there to always be relevant. Yeah, she's always she's right on the cusp, right? Um, she's just I I'd, I'd compare her to like. As a basketball fan, she's like the New York Knicks of the 90s or the Pacers of the late 90s where, you know, the team had a lot of talent. And in any other era, they probably make a run to the championship. But you have the Bulls or um, right. some some just elite team that's going to take championship after championship after championship. And you just have to be satisfied not winning one. You know, like a Charles Barkley, solid player, you know, in most eras would have probably had a ring. But he had to deal with Jordan way too often. And then if it wasn't Jordan, there was still, like, Shaq out there. There's always somebody just a little bit better. And that's, unfortunately, Jessica Andrade. She always will be, like, right there when you talk about female fighters. But in her case, it's going to be a Nunez or a Valentina. Right? And then you got right now, you got Rose and Wei Lee above her in that division. So. Yeah, she's fought for, I mean, she's won a title before um, when she... Yeah, picked, dropped her on her head. Picked up uh, Rose and dropped her on her head. Yeah, and then she lost it to Wei Li in very, very uh, fast fashion mm-hmm. in China. Uh, so yeah, that division's up in the air of like who's really the most dominant. Obviously, Rose looked really good in her last fight against Wei Li to reclaim the title. I think they're running that one back pretty soon as well. Be very interested to see uh, how that division shakes up moving forward. Yeah, um, um, I didn't really watch the Curtis. Uh, go ahead. The Curtis Blades, uh, Jarzinho. I didn't watch it either. Um, Curtis won by unanimous decision, three thirty to twenty sevens. Um, we knew going into it, a guy like um, Biggie Boy R- Rosenstrike would would struggle with a guy like Curtis Blades. Um, Rosenstrike's fighting technique, or should I say, fighting style, is very reminiscent of a uh, Derek Lewis. Um, I think he's even less active than a Derek Lewis. Um, the only thing is that his gas tank's a little bit bigger than Derek. Um, and I think he hits a little bit less hard than Lewis does. But he would be relying on the same factors that Derek Lewis does, which is kind of catching a guy in the pocket with a, with a solid shot or, you know, just in, very intense knockout power. And not being caught up in the wrestling or the the throwing jabs and stuff. He's he's a very power punch and that's it. Yeah, very Super one dimensional fight fighter. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the the stats of it and uh, six minutes and 19 seconds of ground control, three takedowns uh, successful for Blades. I mean, six minutes is a lot in a, yeah. in a three round fight. You're right. 
You're right. And if you look at the last fight Curtis Blades lost, it was to a fighter, again, similar style as Rosenstrike. Got knocked out by Derek Lewis. And I think he learned from the engagement they had and how Derek Lewis put him out and adjusted some things. And again, like I said, Rosenstrike doesn't put the same type of fear in people with his knockout power as much as like a Lewis does. So Curtis was a little bit more comfortable doing what he does, out wrestling somebody, again, achieving a lot of ground control and taking that dub. I mean, he's trying to put himself back in the mix, but I don't think he's there yet. He'll probably be right outside the top four in that division, in my opinion. Well, top five, actually, if John Jones is ever able to get his self in order and, you know, be, actually have compete. a fight. Yeah, have a fight in the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that moves us right into um, probably one of the most anticipated fights of the night. Um, that personally, uh, one, let me down, and two, uh, while it felt really nostalgic uh, for a lot of people, uh, the ending was not fitting or what people were expecting. Um, Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler, the rematch. Obviously, Diaz won the first one, uh, and Lawler looked to get his revenge, and he did. Um, Both looked really good through two rounds. Uh, Nick got rocked. Lawler got rocked. Uh, But when Nick got rocked, and it looked... uh, Robbie told him to stand up, and he said, no, I, I don't want to. And I've never, I don't think I would ever expect a Diaz uh, brother to quit like he did. I maybe quit's the wrong word, but that's yeah. just how I read the situation. I was like, he's letting you back up, stand up. And then after the fight in the uh, post-conference, he said that he just didn't want to bleed on the floor. And I was like, what are you talking about? I feel about? like that's some sarcasm for sure, but I don't know. Who knows? I'm like, you, you get paid to do this, bro get up and fight you weren't you weren't hurt like i've seen your brother way more bloodied up than you never give up never give up so that was really like uh that was a really big letdown especially for it being a five-round fight it it got finished in the third round but if it was a five-round fight and you can keep going and like you were probably ahead on the scorecards i mean he had 150 strikes landed to 131 he was out throwing him as well Almost uh, two to one. So I think my angle on this fight, um, I have more angles for the lead up more than the actual fight. I saw a few bits here and there. I wasn't able to watch it in full detail, but Nick Diaz didn't seem motivated to fight Lawler. Yeah, he used that excuse as well. Yeah, he was very he was like, yeah, go ahead. He was very like pulling back. Saying, he was like, I didn't really want this fight. Uh, my camp was really bad like a lot of those excuses that you hear from like someone who just has like he doesn't want it to seem too bad but it just makes it worse yeah um but he was saying these things even before the fight he was saying he didn't know how this fight got set up um he has new management he wouldn't sign up for a fight like this um he also said something crazy saying like oh if he was coming back to fight Usman he would do that he'd prefer to fight Usman which sir no, sir. In what, in what world? Sir, no, sir. Sorry, sir. Not not the move. Um, but yeah, he kept pushing that as the narrative. And um, I do this little like DraftKings free play thing with this Facebook group. It's like a DraftKings UFC thing. And they had Lawler as a decent underdog. 
decent salary and I was like I feel like that's free money because Lawler on the other hand is motivated if you go back to his fight against Ben he was crushing Ben different referee probably stops that fight before Ben gets the chokehold and you know the contra- the controversy the yeah choke. the bulldog choke and um, it being a controversial stoppage before that he was destroying Ben right so he was on pace to try to make his way back up the division and he probably feels like Nick Diaz was a good name to, to get get that win back against and start moving you, back um, towards the division. He was actually off two losses, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, he lost to somebody else, too. I don't remember who it was. But. He lost to uh, the Trump guy. Oh, yeah. Co- Covington. My boy. Yeah, Colby. I mean, but you see. Oh, but yeah. Colby, Colby looked fantastic in that fight. Yeah. I, re- I remember that vividly. He was piecing him up on the feet. Yeah. He would level change. Lawler had nothing for him. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's a top three guy, top two guy in that division. That's a top. That's a top two guy. Yeah, and then the Ben fight was controversial, and um, he probably wins that fight if there's a different referee, right? So he was in the mix. So to yeah. come against Nick Diaz, who's been sitting out for so long and sounded so unmotivated, I didn't think it was going to go any other way. I mean, he did look good from what was happening initially. But I figured the longer the fight went, the worse it would be for Diaz. Um, but yeah, you hate to see a guy with, with especially his level of respect in the sport, um, the type of like legendary status his name carries, come out and, and perform that way. Um, post-fight, there was a clip posted about a week ago with Diaz and, and Lawler talking after the fight. And Lawler was asking him if he's okay. And Diaz was like, yeah. And he's like, no, like, I mean, in life, like, are you okay? Because if you're going through some stuff, like, I'm here. Like, I can help you. Like, even Lawler felt like he probably shouldn't have been in there, you know? What? Yeah, I was was reiterating. Yeah. You're good. Yeah, so, like, really tough to see. And I feel if, personally, if I'm a fan of Nick Diaz, I do not want to see him in there again. Um, Even if I'm not a fan of Nick Diaz, I don't think you should take the risk of putting his legacy on the line like a BJ Penn and kind of just going out there and taking losses for the sake of a paycheck. I think you should pack it up and just, you know, this this should have been the last time he stepped in the ring, unfortunately. Because unless you're going to get, like, a scrub to fight to get a W and then walk out on, on your own merit, it's not going to get much better for you fighting guys where your name carries enough power for you to get put against prospects that could put you out you know so i think i think you should call it a career yeah i, I agree 100 percent. it's it's not like you're uh nate you know yeah which nate's allure will have him fighting till he's probably like 40 because even when he's out he's not out and people are, are entertained in his fights the only way you're gonna entertain in your fights is if you win so i think you should just hang him up and Lawler, we'll see what's next for him. Um, he's probably going to get pen, pinned against somebody ranked. Um, and we'll see if what he did against Nick Diaz could translate to somebody with a little bit more juice in the tank. Um, on the, She's so old. Yeah, going going in the right direction. Not not being out of the sport for multiple years. Um, move, moving into the next fight. Um, we don't really need to talk about this fight. <laughs> Uh, this pure domination. Nah, it's freaking. Uh, you know what's funny? Four rounds. I've I heard people saying, "Oh, watch out for Lauren Murphy." 
<laughs> she could. I've never even heard of this girl before. Bro, it was in the same thing. So the same UFC thing I was just telling you about, the DraftKings thing. Because these guys would like post about their picks and people, some people picked Lauren Murphy in their lineups because of the price and they're like, she might have what it takes to kind of upset Valentina. And in my head, I was like, bro, there's no way. There's no the way. The only thing she did was take a punch. Many of them. Many of them. Many of 132 them. 132 total strikes to 19. Yep. It got it got to the point where you could hear the commentators were a little bit worried for her health. Because she was just getting... It was just getting... It was never close. It was never competitive. Like, this is a title fight. I think Valentina Shevchenko was negative 1,500 to win. Like, might have been a little bit higher than that, actually. Like, there was no way to victory when that bell rang for Lauren Murphy. It's not even like they tried to be like, oh, she's a submission artist. Maybe she could get a limb. No, her plan was literally to go in there and try to punch her way through Valentina Shevchenko. And there's only been one female fighter to do that. And according to Valentina, she got robbed in, in that fight. Like, she knows she beat Nunez and she, she wants to avenge the bad judging. I can't speak on that. I don't... I never watched the first fight, first two fights they had, so I'd be interested. Yeah, I didn't see it either. I'd be interested in seeing both of them right now, um, top of their divisions. Um, Amanda Nunes, the unrivaled, I think, goat of women's fighting, based on her resume, um, and Valentina, who's had quite the run of title defenses, both of them matching up at. I wouldn't mind a catch weight or, you know, Valentina going up because I don't think Nunez is going to go down at this point in her career, so. Right, and uh, you mentioned uh, that, that that fight that they had. I just looked at the stats. Obviously, stats only tell one side of the story, but <laughs> they were really, really even. It was like five-strike difference. Nunez, it looked like Nunez just outpointed her off of, like, takedowns and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but looking at their last couple fights, uh, weird enough, like I, I remember them vividly. Other than the Megan Anderson one, uh, before before the Megan Anderson one, she Nunes didn't look as spectacular as I expect her to. Like Trust when me. I watched Valentina, we were both on that horse just, too. Maybe it was just Valentina. Uh, she always looks stellar. Like there's not a minute that I'm like, she's in trouble. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So I honestly, I prefer Valentina over Nunez, not as the goat. Like when we talk about goat, yeah. it's obviously uh, undisputable in my opinion, Und- uh, unless Valentina uh, avenges her loss. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember a time about thirty podcasts oh, I ago. Megan Anderson was the key. Yeah, about thirty podcasts Dude, she's ago. She's so big. Where you said she she had the length and the power, and um. She have shit. Nunes might be in trouble, and then you you looked at the line. I think it was like plus seven hundred, plus seven hundred regular, and then knockout was even higher. And you're like Megan Anderson by knockout. And, and <laughs> she, Megan Anderson by knockout. She came out of the tunnel looking pale, and I was like, she Auto. arrived looking pale. Well, she was all right. Don't get me wrong. She already pale. Yeah. But she was looking extra pale. Like she 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 knew she was in for it that night. Auto. I was like, Auto. This this woman has fear in her heart. You could tell. Like she wants, this lady looks like she should be in the hospital right now. She wants nothing to do with this fight. Walking out of that tunnel, she just got out of a coffin, bruh. 
she got pieced up and then ended up holding Amanda Nunes' baby and taking pictures. She was just happy to be able to stand after the fight. Crazy. Crazy. But I agree that a Valentina Nunes rematch could definitely solidify the GOAT conversation if you're leaning on Valentina. Um, and if Nunes beats her 3 out of 3, that's just icing on the cake to her resume. Um, I would look forward to a fight like that. We've talked about that on multiple UFC podcasts that that's a woman's fight we want to see. Like, really, really bad. Them running it back now at the peak of their powers. Um, and if Valentina keeps chirping, hopefully they could build a super fight. That is a... That'll, that'll sell. That would sell like sell crazy. That should be the headliner on a pay-per-view card. No doubt. If they want to be really, like, social about it, they could do an all-women's card. They could throw, like, Rose and Wei on, on the undercard, and then Andrade and somebody else under that, right? Or if they just want to be, like, an elite all-star lineup, they could go ahead and throw those two, and then do, like, a... If Kobe loses to Usman again, which is what I'm predicting, a Kobe-Jorge under that, or, a Co- or if Kobe's winning, you could do a Jorge Leon Edwards under that. You know, just a really nice card with that being the headliner. Or hmm? you throw in John Jones and Ganu. Yeah, but Ooh. if but the thing Wait, is, what's up? What's up? if you do John Jones and Ganu, that has to be its own card. I'm sorry. Nah, nah. You make it like one of those like. Uh, first first fight of the year or last fight of the year obviously it can't be in december yeah. but say january first first card whoo yeah that would be a good song like. obviously it's, it's we're, we're we're dreaming yeah uh but that would be spectacular you're right it would be spectacular that would be a card to watch um speak like which which i feel the next card is going in that direction but we'll have a preview of that one soon um in the coming week or so but um, let's get to the main the main course of this card. Um, both guys were the ultimate fighter coaches. Me and Otto were planning to do something around that. I could never get my ultimate fighter episodes to load. Um, months passed. Otto got way ahead of me, watched all the episodes. I still haven't watched all the episodes from what I was made to understand. Um, I watched six episodes in one night. Yeah. Um, Volkanovski's team did start off slow but ended up on a hot streak at the end um but let's hop right into this i could firmly say this is probably a fight of the year candidate um and barring something happening these next couple months it will win fight of the year what do you think um in recent memory i can't think of a fight uh that rivals it i i think you nailed it uh fight fight of the year i think i texted you that like yeah during the fight, I was like, this is a fight of the year. Like, it's a tight fight. And it should have been stopped in the fourth. Yeah. This man this man could not see out of his eye. Um, they were giving him extended breaks, too, to get things right at the beginning of the rounds. After he got all that damage, they were doing everything they could to have this fight continue. Even though it was clear he was in no shape to continue. That man, that man, I think that man went to sleep on the ground. And woke up at the end of the round and was like, where's my chair at? <laughs> like... They asked him if he could see. He said, "I think." Nah, it's either. And Herb Dean was like, "Nah, can, can you see or like can you not see? It's not a I think. It's a it's a yes or no." 
Can you see? Uh, I mean, maybe. <laughs> Bro, what you mean maybe is you. It's your <laughs> eyes. <laughs> what? So, that all props to Ortega for, for being in that in that fight, staying in that fight, making it competitive. We the said it should have been stopped. He, even after all of that mess, had him in another position where he could have submitted him. I feel like he, he had enough energy. Gosh, that, that man is so dangerous right? on the ground. Yeah. I, I, th- that's the second time I've seen him fight. I, I previously watched uh, the Holloway-Ortega fight. That was a battle. Yeah, I watched him against Zombie on the comeback, and he who he dominated Zombie. Really? Yeah, I'm 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 gonna check out that fight, but mm-hmm. he definitely earned my respect for uh, someone I particularly didn't like uh, watching during the Ultimate Fighter. Mm. Uh, he was just kind of like a cocky asshole, <laughs> in my opinion. But like, they almost tried to portray him like easygoing, but I just felt like he was an ass. And uh, I do respect Volkanovski a lot. Obviously, everyone talks throwing trash, and okay. they, they do whatever in the fight game. But uh, I always thought he was relatively classy towards Max. And, you know, Max is my, my fucking boy. That so is like, your boy, yeah. Uh, Got to be classy in victory. And I think he was that, especially since they were beefing so much during the Ultimate Fighter, yeah. uh, that he walked up to him after the fight and, and gave his respects as well. So There's no way after a battle like that you don't exchange some type of respect for the other guy. It's very similar to Izzy versus Gastelum where all-out war ensues and you guys both go at it, right? Um, Volkanovski on his end escaping three very locked-in submission attempts. Legit was Holy like, crap, yeah. I'll pass out or I'll get out. It's no in-between. There's no tapping or anything. To be able to escape escape all three and just put a hurting on Ortega, which spent quite a few rounds eating punches, right? And not going out and still finding ways to stay active, um, whether it be on the feet, shooting for the submission, and not just like lazy shooting, like still strategically planning ways to, to get himself a win when it looks like all all is lost. Those are fights that both guys are going to remember, and no matter what happens, I feel like they'll have that mutual respect for surviving a five-round fight like that, either of them, you know? You're not hearing any, oh, I got robbed, or, oh, it wasn't even that hard of a fight, or any, like, them retracting of of any of the situation that happened in the fight. Both guys are being really respectful and being like, yo, that, that was a battle, and he did get me, or he almost had me, and I found a way, so... Definitely worth the pay-per-view buy. Um, I say for Volkanovski, his line of vision in terms of who he should be fighting next. I mean, he in his post-game, in his post-fight conference, he heard that Connor was talking smack, and he said if it comes down to it, he would fight Connor at 155, or you know, if Connor wants to come down and fight him. I mean, everybody knows, even though Connor is looking on the other end of Elite, that's the cash cow still, you know? Um, I think that's a good fight for a guy like Volkanovski. Uh, but in that division, they should run it back with Max. I still think Max gave him the oh, best yeah. fight out of anyone. And it was it was such a controversial decision. Both were. Yeah, their last, their last, no. I rewatched, I rewatched both of them uh, last week. Yeah. And the first, the first one, uh, 
the chopping of the legs just really he just out he just outpointed him in the first fight and i think it was very evident and also the damage kind of showed way it always shows way worse on max i feel like it's um, harder to outpoint the champ though like there's other fights where the champion could quote unquote be outpointed but you have to do something more convincing to take the belt that's what really had me is like how do some champs get that respect and then max didn't you know yeah um but in the second fight it was i thought max won the first three and then two well one takedown in the in the fourth round one volkanovsky that round mm-hmm. and then in the fifth round max was attempting a takedown but ended up on bottom and they scored it as a takedown for volkanovsky yeah um so that won him that round uh but gosh max looks so good in that fight uh he took almost as many leg kicks i believe but it was uh he didn't have to switch stance and he checked so. quite a few of them he did check yeah. quite a few of them. He, he just looked so much better. He was on another level, in my opinion, I, and I thought he won that fight. Yeah. And I still think, uh, and that's just not me being like a homer or anything like that. Because, I mean, like I just said, you said the first, the first fight. fight. Yeah, and I, I feel like both fights were closer, but yeah. Uh, so I'd love to see them run it back. I'd love to see Max uh, win the title back, of course. That's a trilogy that I feel like sells. It wasn't complete domination on any, on, on any end, and I'm not feeling like there's anybody next in line. That makes a push to where Max can't get in there, you know. Outside of Ortega dominating Zombie, the 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 last good fight in that division that showed elite talent was Max just piecing up Calvin Qatar, I think is his name. Cater. Yeah, Cater, where he pieced him up, broke a record. Didn't even look at him. Said, "I'm the best boxer." Dodged two punches, pieced him. I think it's that's a career-defining just clip. Him just literally comfortable enough in there to not look at the man dodge punches and clip him still elite elite stuff and um i mean i mean you look at you look at max and he you can say he's one of the best featherweights if not the best featherweight of all time yeah and to have it and like that you definitely just gotta run it back i agree i agree yeah uh i don't I, think much people disagree with that at all you go through and look at uh his fights you got Pettis, Aldo twice, Ortega, uh, Frankie Edgar. I mean, and then it's those two losses, and then he beat Calvin Cater, who also was like really up and coming very fast. Yeah. And he was, he's probably, in my opinion, a top ten most dangerous fighters uh, in terms of that he can put you out in any way. You are very. He likes throwing those elbows. Right. They're disgusting. Mm-hmm. His elbows are nasty. Um, kind of saw that against uh, Danny Ings the soccer player it's not Ings but it's like (laughs) you know what I'm talking about yeah I know what you're saying I know what you're saying I don't don't know how to say his last name I know I know who you're talking about though he's um, he was on a good streak too I think leading into that fight Um, but yeah Uh, Cater definitely dominated him so, yeah, that's uh, that's my rant. That's your rant. You feel like Max? Yeah, he he should be back. He should be back in that contention. I don't know how soon they'll have a fight for Volkanovski. It was a battle. Um, he left to sit out for a minute. Ortega definitely has to sit out for a while, um, before trying to climb the ladder again in that division. But I mean, both guys earned the rest. You know, um, 
looking a little bit ahead, we're going to do a UFC 267 breakdown in the future. It's a card that I feel like is a little bit underrated, but there's a lot of guys trying to make a name for themselves in the rankings or that are quote unquote unproven. It's a card that has Hamzat making his return. Um, Makachev, of course, like we just mentioned. Uh, Peter Yan trying to get his belt back. Unfortunately, it's going to be an interim fight because Aljamain had to pull out. And Sanhagen, who just lost to uh, Dillashaw, steps in to be the to be the replacement, which again shows you how the UFC anything's possible. You come off a loss and get a title shot. Um, he did look good in that fight against Dillashaw, though. What? Questionable. Yeah, I don't think he actually lost that fight. I thought it was poorly judged. I think we talked about that too, but. Um, it's good that they he still reaped the rewards of a good fight there. Um, I'm excited to see Hamzat come back. He's fighting somebody ranked in that division, a Li Jingliang. Um, and we'll have a little bit more of a detailed breakdown podcast-wise, probably do a little YouTube content with it too. But we have a big fight happening tomorrow night in the other side of combat sports, Wilder Fury 3. Um, they're trying to complete the trilogy. A fight that was supposed to happen in early September, if I'm not mistaken, or late August, but Tyson Fury was uh, diagnosed with COVID, ended up testing positive, so the fight had to be delayed, but they're getting it on tomorrow for the Lineal Heavyweight Championship. And what's your thoughts? Because I think both fights were very exciting. You know, heavyweight fights in the boxing realm usually live up to the hype. And um, I feel like this trilogy fight though we were hoping for other matchups for both parties specifically tyson i think this will still be quite an electric fight to watch as a as a spectator how about you um this fight i feel like it's gonna be really lopsided just like the second one um i actually didn't watch the first one so i can't even speak on that i know that fury got knocked down and he rose from the dead resurrect resurrected (laughs) yeah um I've seen that clip, but other than that, I haven't seen anything. But in the second fight, I saw nothing from Wilder that would make me think that he's going to change his boxing style or, like, be able to be effective against uh, Fury. Fury was, like, licking him during the fight. He was having a great time. He was having a great time. And, I mean, in that first fight, again, Fury, it was more of a gas tank situation, in my opinion, but he was outboxing Wilder for pretty much every round before he got dropped you know again it's the great equalizer is that the power that wilder possesses where he likes technique and um certain aspects in boxing he is able to make up for a lot of those mistakes by just having a heavy hitting right hand or whatever whatever he decides to throw with like hateful intention um but like you said fury is just a class above in terms of talent and um, technique. He works the ring, has the footwork. Um, he can stand in the pocket. Yeah, he can tag you up from outside. Exactly. He has great defense, yep. head movements on another level. Good. Everything. Everything is solid. And unfortunately, for a guy who you know what he's relying on, you're not gonna see a guy like Wilder come in there and out jab and out point a Tyson Fury. He's going to get frustrated and, and is going to be forced to fight Fury's fight. And I feel like it's just too easy. Um, I don't see this going the distance. I think that Wilder will get dropped again. Um, 
and we have to look out for other matchups. Unfortunately, this is this is my little baby rant. I get quite frustrated with boxing promotions and boxing what is it, the promoters that cost us fights when it when it's the prime time for it, right? Also the boxing rules. Cause a fight that was announced and had a date right before Wilder pulled his um whatever contract he had that he had to get his rematch was the Anthony oh, the Joshua class. yeah the clause was the Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury fight it was gonna unify the heavyweight division the lineal heavyweight champ fighting Joshua who was holding five of the belts at the time and Wilder and Fury ended up having to go to court where Wilder won based on the clause that I guess they had in a contract or something because of that, Alexander Yushik, who also had some clause or some uh, something written in paper that he was the next challenger to Anthony Joshua for the belt, and Anthony Joshua didn't even like object. He was like, "All right, cool. I'll file. I'll fight Yushik, I guess, since he, I'm out of the um, Fury fight." They get it on while Wilder and Fury wait in the wings, and Yushik essentially dominates, dominates. Joshua and takes oh, his belt. Man. I was watching those highlights. Oh, yeah, he worked that boy, them. That boy didn't stand a chance. Uh, and it was you known. You could see it on his face, too. It was known that Yushik was a better fighter. Again, like how we know Tyson Fury is better technically sound and stuff. Yushik is an athlete, but he's a better boxer than he is an athlete. While I feel like Anthony Joshua is a great athlete, and his boxing skills are coming with that. Kind of like Wilder. And he goes in there and gets worked by Yushik. Now, the storyline of... Both champs, both from the UK, probably fighting in the UK in front of millions. That whole storyline, it could still happen, but you're having Joshua with another loss on his record, lost his belts. He could try to attempt to take him back from Yushik before fighting a Fury. But to be honest, I don't know how quickly Yushik's going to give him that rematch, if at all. He might just move on to the next I'm thing, or if Yushik I'm wants sure to take on Fury. In the but that's the frustration. That's why, yeah. as of now, I'm still going to lean on the side of being a bigger UFC fan than a boxing fan because there's too many political underlays for who can fight who and when's the right time to fight this person. And, oh, both these guys are signed to Showtime, so we want to make sure that we don't afford one a loss so or we don't want them to fight too early so we can make more money. There's too many things. There's too many things, right? Yeah, it's it's really hard when, when there's more than one promoter. Yeah. Like... That's that's why you don't see like Bellator and UFC doing cross cross promotions and stuff like that. You just keep it in the business. We'll sign you to our brand. You'll fight under our brand, and you're not allowed to go anywhere else. This is uh, true. That's also one of the things with like uh, this Jake Paul. Uh, Dana White's not letting any UFC contracted uh, fighters fight fighter. anymore. Yeah, you're right, and I mean. I get, I get his standpoint. It's not good for business for Jake Paul to keep, you know, showing that he is decent at boxing by exposing how under-talented your guys are in that field. Which, to be honest, your guys shouldn't be the best boxers. That's not their sport, right? Like, there's different angles to fighting. And yes, striking is striking, but the science of boxing is not the same. The things you worry about as a UFC fighter are not the same compared to when you're a boxer. So you got to worry about an elbow. Yeah, 
your a kick. You're aiming to your shoot your whole bottom. Your bo- whole bottom half of your body. Checking kicks, like you said, everything. There's so many more angles. Grappling position, like yeah, right. And I think that's why I actually, I like promotion aside. I, I that really doesn't matter to me personally. Yeah. Uh, but the whole more there's more a technical aspect in my opinion, um, of the of the game, as as Connor likes to say, the game. Mm-hmm. Uh that a lot more people have to master and you you can look at John Jones who is in my opinion and I probably a lot of people's opinions like fully mastered this craft or like you look at Connor who hasn't mastered the, the whole craft yeah or even Khabib did master the whole craft but he was so good in his one aspect of it that he could beat others with different uh, specialties and stuff like that yeah um, and that's where that's where I think I like uh, UFC and mixed martial arts more than um, boxing straight up. I agree. Um, I think there's more interest in watching an MMA fight, an MMA card, than watching boxing. Even in the more elite angles of boxing, when you get to the higher level of the sport, I could still be caught like in a match where I'm just, yeah, I'm enjoying the science and the and the chess the chess play of, you know, when is he gonna attack. When am I going to plan to use some of my gas tank here? Do I put myself in danger to get a knockout? Or do I just point Which this out? Am I gonna set up? Right? Yeah, there's a lot of fun in watching that. But in the UFC, I feel like it's just so much more. I don't want it to sound like less of a sport. But there's like a, a natural barbaric, like almost survival type aspect to the UFC. Like There's so many different angles. And you're just trying to get your win off however you can get your win off. Right? Whether I have to utilize my ground game whether i have to beat the legs out of you so that you can't advance anymore and your footing's weaker and your punches hurt less whether i gotta you have to switch stance exactly i work your body so that when you try to breathe it's harder for you to breathe so many angles twist your arm might not submit you but now you have to worry about that arm pain because i almost snapped your arm in in a submission attempt like there's just so many different angles to the ufc game and i actually get to see a lot of the fights i want to see granted there are times right where they do get punished for being under this umbrella a garlic and ganu which i've said already shouldn't be fighting a cyril gane to defend his belt um i feel like dana did him dirty because he just wanted to wait for a better fight but again dana's dana and he wants the heavyweight division to move along because it's one of the money makers so he throws and got into a situation that he kind of has to come out and fight somebody to defend his belt but at the same time i don't have to wait two years for john jones's promoter and Ngannou's promoter to come to some agreement and then stipe miocic pulling his claws card to force Ngannou into a third fight you know what i'm saying i feel like a lot of that politics gets removed even though it's kind of like a dictatorship in the ufc it's bad for their pockets but as a consumer it's really fun to watch fights that you do want to see yeah i don't i think uh the operation that dana runs is like genius <laughs> i mean yeah absolutely genius especially for him <laughs> uh, i mean of course yeah Oh, you thought I was talking about UFC? I was talking about his operation at the casinos playing blackjack. Oh, that was... They banned that man. That's also, that's a story for another day. That man 
was going crazy. Was he counting cards? He wasn't counting cards, but I have no idea. Whatever he was doing, he was like unstoppable. I know he's been banned from a lot of casinos. Dude, they gave him a belt, like a very expensive belt, calling him like the Blackjack King or some king of something, but told him he still can't come back to the casino. But they like gifted him a very nice belt for him to walk around with, like he's some kind of UFC champion. But instead, he's like a casino champion. Imagine being that good that they're like, we'll gift you something and you just don't come back. <laughs> please, please. Please stop. Stop taking your money. This man please. was the Khabib of the blackjack table, just putting the casino in a chokehold every time he showed up. In a crucifix. <laughs> like, just emptying out their pockets on the daily. Bro, that, imagine that. Like, imagine having enough money what it's like to punish them. Right? Because if it's me and you and we're that good at blackjack, we're still not going to win enough money for the casino to be like, stay away. Because we have to show up with the money to win the money. Right? Imagine being talented enough and then having the capital to walk in there and punish their pockets where they ban you. Insane. Insane. So crazy. <laughs> oh, man. You got me excited. Like, I I can't stop thinking about like a John Jones and Gandhi <laughs> and Shevchenko. You still think about that card? Yeah, I'm like, it's like a dream card. Ugh. I mean, why can't why can't I be the matchmaker, bro? This November card why, is why looking decent too. Like again, we'll we'll go forward and, and check a lot more of these these previews for a lot of these cards. But um, is it the 269 card? There's there's a card that looks mad loaded coming up. Is it 268 with Usman Covington? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that God, card. Honest. That card I'm is so loaded. excited for that fight. Too. I already put in my time off request to make sure I'm off. Yeah, that one has Gaethje Chandler, which we were calling for for a while now. Previous Usman Covington, Rose Whaley rematch, um, Frankie Edgar versus Vera. So Marlon Vera gets a big test. Um, Ooh, a comeback for Luke Rockhold. Yep. Like this is a this is a fun card. This is a really fun card. So I asked to be off already so I could I could be here to watch it in its totality. Maybe even take notes, get a proper breakdown of this one again. Um, but can't wait to get into that preview too. Um, but yeah, you say you also have Fury tomorrow night. I have Fury. Um, hopefully after this fight, we could get a Fury-Yushik fight um, for all the belts. I doubt that will happen but you know just like we're dream matchmaking for the ufc figure i throw a matchmaking dream out there too also another one i want to see in a different division give me um javante davis versus ryan i want that I'm my boy ryan garcia i want that yeah i want that garcia. um garcia's talking a lot right now but i do want the the javante davis garcia smoke i would enjoy watching that fight as well i think that would be fireworks but any closing thoughts my boy um, not on boxing, but I wanted to talk about one more thing yeah. uh, before we actually close out. Um, on our YouTube channel, we preview uh, some some big fights that we thought were interesting, and one of them was the fight night main event of uh, Tiago Santos versus Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. Yeah, that that video was I fun. Was we also did the um, Gastelum one on that same that same video. Yeah. Um. So. Our predictions were that, or our, what we were worried about in that video is that Tiago Santos wouldn't throw. Uh, we didn't know what Johnny Walker would be like. It's been a minute since we've seen him, and 
coming off a loss. Especially um, after and it was probably losses, one, yeah. And it was probably one of the most boring fights I've ever watched. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been more let down. I mean, have you watched Izzy Romero? No, I was more let down than that. Really? Sheesh. Okay. Yeah. That one was horrific. I had to deal with people saying Izzy was doo-doo after that. In a, in a main event, five rounds... 44 total strikes landed for Santos, 48 for for Johnny Walker. No takedowns. Uh, it was it was brutal. Snooze fest. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and I just wanted. You, did you get a chance to watch that one? Or no? no, but I feel like both guys are fighting their way out of the UFC roster. Like they'll be in a different <laughs> a different um promotion soon. It, it, it was tough to watch, and uh, I just kind of wanted to touch up on that, uh, just because it had it, it, it recently passed, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, that was last week. Any last of our Saturday. YouTubers, YouTube videos, watch YouTube viewers watch or listen to our podcast while talking is super hard. <laughs> but if anybody saw that video, that was kind of what happened during that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Which we were again, we we did go into that, like you said. Santos being very reserved and Johnny Walker who made his name by being carefree and kind of just walking people down he suffered a few losses and that carefree demeanor and kind of the fun and creativity he'd throw shots with is kind of gone like that's left him so I don't know where do you think both guys go from here um I'd have to see the rankings uh, for light heavyweight to really gauge, uh, and I'd have to see who's available. But obviously, Johnny Walker's moving in the complete wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Santos, I mean, you you won unanimously, considered a good win, you know, based off the name and what potential Johnny Walker had left. Um, he's looking probably up if he's ranked. Let's see. If I can pull it up here. They have him as the number oh, five light heavyweight right now. Number five. So he's probably looking up. Uh, I'm not too sure who's four. Actually, I think number four is occupied. Uh, that's Rackage. Rackage. Um, but he has a fight booked as well. Uh, just recently. Um, what's really crazy that we completely forgot to talk about on this card uh, Kevin Holland fought on this card. The, the um, fight night? The yeah. no contest and, thing? Uh, yeah. It ended in a no contest, and did you see what happened? Uh, I knew there was a headbutt that opened up his lip, and then um, he actually got nah, put in a chokehold. Op- it, o- it didn't open up his lip. It put him to sleep. The headbutt? Yeah. Ooh. They collided heads, and he was knocked out on the ground and woke up, and then started getting pummeled, and then Choked up. Uh, Dawkins took his back, and then it was over. Yeah. Um, and I think it was great refereeing to call that a no contest mm. because it was like he was clearly impeded by the headbutt. Yeah. And it was accidental, of course, but like still. Yeah. There's no way he's in that position. He was losing the fight, uh, in my opinion, anyway, uh, before that. But it was like the craziest headbutt. I've never seen that before. I need to go back um, and check that out then. Yeah, it looked like he, like the way his body flailed, I was like, oh, that boy's out. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't. And you. Yeah. If you guys have listened to our past episodes, I hate Kevin Holland. Yeah. So, so you weren't I was like, like, oh no, 
You're but I was like, well, he didn't deserve that. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't get to, he didn't deserve to get choked out like. I that. don't like you, but, but nobody should headbutt you to sleep and then choke you out. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Um, I just took a look um, at the light heavyweight rankings. I don't think anybody in the top four, well, technically five, because Jan's the champion, will lose to Thiago Santos. He'd have to fight Anthony Smith. I think Anthony Smith beats him. Rakic already beat him, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Jiri is serious and will put him to sleep. Glover beat him also. So So we're probably looking at a Dominic Reyes then, no? Yeah, I mean, and I think Dominic Reyes beats him too. I think Vulcan o- Odemir, who's at 8, also beats him. I'm looking at Johnny Walker, and he's in a rough spot too. Jim Crute is at 13. I think Jim Crute beats Johnny Walker. Yeah, so... Both guys are in tough positions based on where they're ranked. Like, their rankings aren't going to help who they fight in the future. I think they're in a really tough spot. I think they should probably try to rematch each other. <laughs> because the whoever they get next could be could spell danger. And, you know, Dana ain't been playing lately. So, enough losses. And if they don't look good, then he going to kick you to the curb. I mean, look at Woodley. Right. And that man was a champ. Can't. Facts. Um, but anyway, that has been this UFC recap. Um, we look forward to doing many more of these. This is honestly, I had a lot more fun doing this uh, UFC podcast than um, some of the NFL ones that we've been putting oh, down. Oh, dang. It, 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 no, I'm just saying it was a great change of pace. Yeah, we I'm need saying. to get more fighting back on here again because it, it kind of gets the blood rushing and what matchups next and. You know, just breaking down how some of these fights turned out. Yeah, it, it, it's not a set schedule. Yeah, like we can, we can kind of give what we want. You know, for sure. Um, um, which go ahead. We we missed a couple fun ones in there, of course. Um, but we'll we'll get back on schedule again. We'll see how this all goes, and then the coming weeks, um, how consistent we could be again, especially podcast wise. Um, thank y'all again for listening. Um, working on this YouTube video still. Uh, should be out by midnight if I'm able to get everything sorted. Every time I've exported it, it's been missing like the last two minutes or the last three minutes of the video. So I think I just need to make a little bit more space on the desktop. I mean, not desktop, on the computer, but I will have this video out before Saturday. Um, and on that note, all right, y'all boys. Mm-hmm.